Hello everybody and welcome to The Wench Bench, where friends sit and talk about fabulous fictional females and how their stories have influenced us throughout our lives. My name is Fonda. And my name is Allison. Today, Allison and I are going to be talking about the movie Gunpowder Milkshake that we watched. Yay. It's a Netflix-only movie. Uh, we're going to give you a quick synopsis. Some feedback we got from our last movie sort of talk-along was even though we thought... <laughs> we did a good job. Uh, there's still many people who haven't ever heard of or watched uh, Legally Blonde. So our very short synopsis, I guess, confused some people when we talked about specific things. So we're going to do a little bit more of a detailed one, not too detailed, so you can still watch the movie yourself. Yeah. But hopefully enough that you kind of like grasp the setting of the movie. Yeah. And there is going to be spoilers when we talk about the movie. I'm um, just going to... Always spoilers when we talk <laughs> yeah. about the movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you're going to a podcast and someone's like, hey, we're talking about a movie, I think it should be a given nowadays that spoil <laughs> like content that will spoil the movie for you might be in there. Yes. Yeah. That's just my assumption because <laughs> I still find it funny when uh, you watch something and in the title, if it doesn't say spoiler free review, that means if you're watching a review or if you're watching something talk about something, I doubt yeah. it's spoiler free. <laughs> yeah. And I don't believe in spoilers so much because we're not going to be able to describe to you what this movie will like look like or necessarily like how you'll take it right yeah. it's gonna be different for everybody because it is <laughs> a wild ride <laughs> it's 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 very interesting of a movie yes so the synopsis for gunpowder milkshake please please have at her samantha played by karen gillen is a <sighs> deadly assassin for a powerful agency known as the firm <laughs> Her mother was also an assassin named Scarlet, played by Lena Headey, who was forced to leave her only daughter 15 years ago for her own safety. When what should have been a routine job goes wrong, Sam must risk her life and her job to protect an eight-year-old girl as the two get caught in the middle of a gang war. Fighting off assassins and thugs, Sam and the young Emily reunite with Sam's mother and return to a place from their past, a library run by three women, which is a front for weapons and assassins that Sam had been raised in. The women fight off hordes of goons, but Emily is kidnapped, and they must now go and rescue her. After successfully rescuing her and killing the rival gang and proving to the firm that they are to be left alone from this point on. They drive off into the sunset as one big, happy, found family. Oh. <laughs> found family trope. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Love a good found family trope so much. It is excellent. Oh. So we're going to talk, uh, we've, we wrote some notes while we were watching it, so apologies if maybe at first <laughs> it sounds a little, little weird and one-offish, I promise. Uh, it. We're going to do our best to talk about this movie in a chronological order, but we might jump back and forth, because that's just how normal human conversations yes. actually go. Yeah. I don't want to script this shit, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm far too lazy for that. <laughs> 
Uh, so it kind of starts out where Karen Gillan as Sam, like you see a dead person's body and you see that like shadowy figure with like a weird sort of like trench coat and like a funky little like hat that's blocking half, half their face. And my first thought was like, oh, they're sending, they're sending women to clean up a man's mess. Kind of. <laughs> and that's how it started. Because she's yeah. like, when they fuck up or something, they send me in. Which made me <laughs> just think, like, is this a trope? Because I feel like I've seen that a lot. Where it's just like, there's a woman in some sort of, like, business creepy murder deal or whatever. Like, there's always, like, a female character who will, like, be in charge of handling the man's mess yes. in the movie. There's, like, a... It's, like, a play on the femme fatale. Yeah. But a little bit less sexualized I find yeah. in this movie whereas femme fatale can often fall into that like she's using her femininity to win whereas this this movie I think actually avoided that a lot like yeah. all the women were just straight up murderers <laughs> it wasn't like I'm gonna distract them with my cleavage and then stab them it was just like no I'm gonna shoot you in the face or I'm gonna throw a gun at your head <laughs> either way so that I thought, I thought was a right off the bat a really nice sort of setup. Yes. Because it also wasn't like she was there to literally clean it. Like literally like, oh, I take the dead bodies that you left and I dispose of them. It was like, no, she's the one that kills the people. Yes. And leaves the mess behind. Yes. In the wake of the fuck up, kind of. Yeah. And this movie is extreme for me, extremely aesthetically pleasing. Mm. Um, I think... I would describe it as neon noir because it takes a lot of the feeling and the kind of with the with the voiceover and the the trench coats and the way that it's set up and the kind of the dark setting. It's all very reminiscent of old noir films with detectives and stuff. But then mm. it has all these insane pops of color and all of this like beautiful background neon. And so it's it's very aesthetically pleasing for me to watch. <laughs> On that note, I kind of like some uh, when we meet Sam sort of like in her house. One of the things I noticed was she was watching being puppy cat on TV. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. And then I also noticed she had like a anime Japanese t-shirt and it was kind of like interesting because it was the first instance where we see her doing two things that appeared feminine or girly if that makes sense mm -hmm. like we first meet her doing all these other things she's like stitching herself up you know she's rough and tough but she's watching being puppy cat eating cereal and <laughs> wearing a very cute very adorable japanese anime t-shirt that i couldn't peg down but yeah. maybe it's obscure, and that's probably why. Yeah, like, fashion-wise, they definitely play with, like, the feminine and the masculine styles, which I'll get into once we kind of get to the librarians, because I noticed a lot of that was played with in regards to those three characters. But yeah, she starts off in this very masculine-coded clothing, hair up, yeah. not... Clearly has been honed to be a weapon of a patriarchy essentially yeah and they've kind of almost found a way to like yeah they're like you work for the yeah. firm so therefore you must dress like you're a part of the firm and that's yes. a man's world sort of thing yeah yeah um among other things that pop up uh there were a lot of tropes in this movie 
Yes. Which were fun to spot and kind of like point out. Uh, one of them was like the absentee mom trope because we get a flashback of Sam's past and it's like the mom is there and then they have yes. a cute little moment with a milkshake. And <laughs> They're in this like little diner and then the mom's like, oh, I have to go make a phone call, which leads into shit hitting the fan, which leads into the mom having to leave in order to keep Sam safe. But Sam is in turn left at the hands of one of the members of the firm. Yeah. And it kind of like just starts like the absentee mom trope. Not yeah. only for Sam, but for the young female character. Emily. Yeah. And sort of like in trying to save her daughter, she... It basically made her daughter follow in her footsteps because yeah. Scarlett had originally also worked for the firm. And so it kind of like in leaving her and thinking that she was doing the right thing, she did the wrong thing. Yep. That's how things happen though. You're like, <laughs> so I need to leave because I think it'll be better for you. It's yes. like, but you leaving is giving me trauma. <laughs> so yeah. And the locations in this movie, there was a lot of, lighting it is extremely surreal yeah um they do an excellent job at making it feel surreal and out of time it's like you're in this kind of semi-dystopian european european world like they have flip phones but they called an uber (laughs) yeah um which is really cool and everywhere seems to be aware that there's gangs and assassins all over the fucking place. Mm-hmm. Like the diner has like a no guns rule. Yeah. And they go to a hospital at one point that's very white and very bright compared I to the it rest was a of the dentist's stuff. office because of the giant tooth though. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought it was a fucking <laughs> dentist. Which I think kind of plays into the old, like old movies where they didn't actually, assassins didn't go to hospitals. Yeah. They went to people with minimal medical experience, like veterinarians and dentists. (laughs) Yeah. And so it kind of is little nods to these old movies, which I think is very fun. You have this 50s neon style diner, and then that's juxtaposed with an extremely seemingly high tech hospital. And then you go to a dilapidated mall with a video store and an empty bowling rink. Yeah. Unless you're a gang member or an assassin, you are not in this movie. There's, like, no bystanders except for the little girl. (laughs) Or the people at the diner. Yeah, but, like... Some of the people at the diner at first are just bystanders until they end. Yeah, yeah. Until, I think, only that first scene, though, we really see them. Every, Every other time, it's like... Oh no! Never mind. No, there's there's a couple there's scenes. A, yeah, in the there's, diner, I'm but. like pretty sure there's a couple. Pretty sure there's a couple because it gets brought up a bit. The yeah. line of "Can I lighten your load?" literally meaning yes. "Give me your fucking guns." Yeah, literally meaning "Give me your fucking guns." I do not want them in here, which is excellent. Yes, <laughs> I noticed that like in most of the scenes, especially in the bowling alley, and it could have just been a coincidence. I'm not sure. I don't really know what the director. Or the writers were going for in making the movie. Because sometimes things could be just coincidence, right? But sometimes you like to think that the directors and the writers are hoping their audience is picking up on stuff. So to me, there was a lot of like lighting that had bisexual flag colors. Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of like, is it alluding to like... 
Like, I feel like, especially with the librarians and the mom, there was, like, some queer stuff. But I also don't know about Sam, because the movie avoids romance entirely, which is fine. But I was kind of, like, wondering, I'm like, if it is it, like, slightly, like, alluding to, like queer codedness who's to say i don't fucking know but <laughs> there's not a lot of uh <laughs> stuff on this movie to no, look at there's it's pretty, nothing really deep <laughs> it's pretty minimal but it's a really fun action movie yeah i think like in terms of if we're talking about like the unknown era sort of thing i did find it really interesting how there were the flip phones Mm -hmm. and then it was later oh I called an uber and like it was really hard to pick down because at first I was like oh flip phones early 2000s but then they call an uber and I'm like that late 2000 like late 2010s right like ubers were like a thing in the states for most of the time and but then there's also like no laptops or computers yeah. So, like, it's really weird, because, like, obviously, if you're in the creepy s- space of, like, assassins and and gang members, yeah, you are going to have a burner phone, or yeah, you're going to have XYZ, but even when you see, like, the offices of, like, the firm, even, like, those people had just, like, razor-looking flip phones. Yeah. And no laptops, and it was, like, very much so, I felt like they were kind of maybe trying... At first, it was succeeding until the Uber thing to make it feel like a timeless, quote-unquote, timeless movie. Yeah. We're like, oh, it's from this genre or this time of uh, human life. But I don't know. It was just really, like... I get confused when movies do that to me. But I think... I don't know if it was intentional or not, but I think it did a really good job at upping that surrealist fantasy. Mm -hmm. That this... This is not a movie based in any form of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that's an, a good, interesting way to write out all of those questions. Why didn't they just track the phone? Why didn't you just do this? It's like with all of our technology now mm-hmm. in things like spy movies and like even horror films, it is really hard to have to try and work around our technology, which is what would solve so many problems in old (laughs) movies. And so by putting it in this weird sort of like unknown space and world, like I didn't find myself necessarily questioning it a lot until after the movie, when I was thinking back on it, like I was just kind of enjoying the ride. I need to Google something because like, I know we said it was like based in, in Europe. So I'm just quickly looking it up. My Google search failed, but I was like, is Uber like there? Sometimes it felt like they were Germany in Germany. Sometimes it didn't. So I'm just like, ah, oh, Uber in my understanding of taking, taking German in university, it means like a super fan of like, Ooh, like Uber in love with you or something yeah. like that. But I was like, is Uber, does it mean taxi in another language? Cause that's oh. basically what it is, right? Like yeah. an Uber is a, so part of me is like, is it? Was Uber not weird then? I have no idea. Or did they fuck up and put Uber instead of saying taxi? They might just not have cared. That's true. I don't know. I'm diving too deep into it. Yeah. But I've, did you did you feel like it was, in terms of like uh, Sam's character, I got a lot of like Atomic Blonde and like John Wick vibes from her character. Yes. Yeah. Karen Gillan has, like, 
a shocking way of playing like completely deadpan versus <laughs> having like extremely like excellent emotional range. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it it also very much gave me the feeling of her character Nebula from like Guardians of the Galaxy, which is kind of this yeah. deadly but like broken character and I think we see a lot more of her range when we get the character of Samantha engaging with the young eight-year-old Emily. Eight and three quarters. Eight and three quarters. Very specific Specifically. on that. Eight and three Comes quarters. Comes up a lot in the movie. <laughs> um, but we can see that Sam is seeing a lot of herself in this little girl. Yeah, she's kind of projecting. Yeah, kind of projecting Sam also killed the little girl's dad. <laughs> yeah. Whoopsies. <laughs> Didn't wasn't going to at first. Literally said, no. I'm not in a killing mood. Yeah. But honestly, he's just like, I need to answer happen. that. I need to answer the phone. And she's like, no. I feel like if he would have said, I need to answer the phone, it's my like it's for my daughter. I feel like because Sam had past issues with her own mom, I feel like if that would have been clear from the beginning, yeah. none of the shit that happened in the movie would have happened. No. But that's I, not how movies work. <laughs> I also sort of get the feeling that maybe they let him die at the hospital. Oh, because yeah. we sort of... Sam tries to save this father. Yeah. After she shoots him in the stomach. And so she brings him to the hospital, but then shit goes super fucking sideways. Yeah, And now Sam is wanted by the firm and yeah. by another guy whose son she accidentally killed. Not super important. <laughs> Truly not. It's weird. <laughs> no, it's kind of just to make more bad guys. Yeah. Um, and so this guy was then left at the hospital with a bunch of thugs who are like, oh, well, like maybe just let him die and so i don't know i kind of i felt like that was a little bit more ambiguous yeah but she still definitely feels like the guilt of it and then there's a a beautiful like reconciliation moment where she does eventually tell the little girl that she's the reason her dad's dead yeah um the little girl was like yeah like well who sent you essentially like this little girl Mm. is extremely smart and it's great oh yeah (laughs) i know the whole vibe i got from emily was that she was like uh i wrote it down one sec the trope i googled the trope to because i wanted to be very specific about it it's called wild beyond their years basically it's when a child is like very very smart or wise or acts older than they are for whatever reason that's happened in their life and emily definitely especially near the end at Mm -hmm. first it was just like oh a quirky cute little girl that knows interesting facts yeah and definitions of things (laughs) and loves watching the history channel yes loves the history channel um but definitely later on especially because of what she's doing with sam yeah I feel like it kind of, like, amps up the, no, she's gone through a lot of shit, maybe even before meeting Sam. Yeah. Because we find out her dad's the only living relative she has. Yes. And he's an absentee father kind of kind of figure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she eventually is like, well, no, like, who, who sent you? So mm-hmm. she's able to understand... Which I think they did a really good job at not making her that annoying little kid in action movies. Yeah. Because so often I'm just like, oh my god, this kid is terrible and I want them to be gone. But she was endearing and she was like clever and sweet. And that actress did an amazing job. Um, yeah, it was also very much like, um, you know that 
sort of a trope in movies where there's an adult figure of some kind, whether it's a literal, literal parent or someone who's filling the role of a said parent type, and they're doing fighting crime scenes. They're doing something. They're fighting something, and there's a child with them all the time. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was interesting to see that with Sam. Yeah. Because, in a way, there was also the parental substitute. Yeah. Because... You know, Sam was that for Emily, and Sam was also, like, making sure Emily was going to be okay in weird ways, not wanting her to kind of, like, go through what she did as a child, which I think kind of, like, led to her feeling that she missed out, because she would call it all the time, the libraries were the best year of her life, Yes, she was at the library. Yeah. Which I think we should talk about that because we've skimmed that a lot. And we're jumping around. I know we're jumping around a bit. But the move literally the movie is just like It's extremely linear. Uh it's, fighting. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fighting. Incredible fight scenes. Like Oh, the dentist hallway scene. Scenes. Mm. Yes. But we have to get yeah. to that after I think we talk about the librarians. Because <laughs> that's I love the librarians. Yes. And the actress for the little girl is Chloe Coleman. Chloe Coleman. She did a very good job. I think she did an awesome job portraying a, a, a child who is eight and three quarters. She's <laughs> <laughs> generally adorable. Um, so, oh man, how well they structured the difference between the way they showed the firm mm -hmm. and all of these other places versus the way that they showed the library. It is warm like there's stuff Whimsy. everywhere it's like whimsical also alludes to a secret yeah and like Dark secrets it's very like matriarchal mm -hmm. um it has a lot more seemingly like feminine touches it's not quite so cold and stark mm -hmm. compared to the firm which is very literally think of just any office any fancy yeah. office with leather chairs yeah, a mahogany CEOs. desk ceos <laughs> and then all of a sudden a woman opens the door and shit you not i'm not saying this to upset any man listening to this but out into the firm just walks like 30 old white men that just have so a many seat. old dudes <laughs> so many old dudes <laughs> Uh, the only men of color happened to be the people who were, like, the thugs of the show. Yeah. So there was no sort of, I think like, there might have been one of, like, the head CEOs, but it was quite short oh. little moments. But it was... At first it glance, was it didn't yeah. look like there were any men of color in power at the firm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have our three librarians. Oh! So we have Madeline, played by... <sighs> Carla Gugino. Love Madeline. We have Anna May, played by Angela Bassett. And we have Florence, played by Michelle Yeoh. Oh my god, these three women. <laughs> They're truly, I wanted more uh, spotlight for them. I want a movie just about them. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know the <laughs> where this library came from. <laughs> <laughs> how this became what they started doing um but i also want to touch on their aesthetics as well like i had mentioned yeah so we have our like the three matriarchs which is also like a very common kind of storytelling mm -hmm. thing where you have your three your three 
hags in Macbeth. You have your um, you have your fairy godmothers in Sleeping Beauty. Like the three main muses. The three muses. It's yeah. a very common like literary theme, and they have this varying degrees of masculine dress. So Anna May has a very far more masculine than the other three. Got like a professor vibe. Yeah, so her suit isn't quite as fitted. Um, it is kind of muted palettes. Mm-hmm. And then we have Florence, and she has kind of a floral pattern blouse, but a fitted vest. And every, all of them are wearing slacks, because, I mean, who wants to try and fight people in a dress? Not me. <laughs> and hers is much more, much more feminine, but still quite stiff and has like is a happy medium between the three and then last is madeline and she is like in pink and she has this lovely little bow she's very it's a lot very more more feminine soft yeah soft Um, boy yes (laughs) soft sweet (laughs) that's a that's a term i don't know if i'm using it right i'm sorry gen z's if any of you are listening to this i just heard some students one day being like this person dresses like a soft boy fashion and I just imagine soft boy probably not being what the definition is. And I'm too lazy to look it up right now. That's fair. So I'm sorry. Um, So yeah, you have these three different looking women and they all have varying personalities and they're all clever and smart. Mm -hmm. And you can just tell that they've all like seen some shit and -hmm. dealt with it in very different ways. So I just, I want more from them because they... These three actresses, too, are just... My God. (laughs) Oh, I know. They're just so good. Any movie that I see them in, I'm just like, fuck. Like, damn, these women can act. Like, like actors. (laughs) Actors. It did feel cheesy in some ways, though. Oh, yes. Like, the whole movie itself, very cheesy. Yeah. A lot of, like, one-liners that were kind of like okay but also not okay yeah like it's classic action movie stuff though but it has a new skin which is one of those things that a lot of people are talking about right now that they're like we're not asking for like oscar level representation it's like what we're asking for is like basic level shit with better representation in it. I want a basic ass action movie with women in it. We want a basic ass rom-com with Asian people in it, which we got in Crazy Rich Asians. Mm -hmm. Like, I fucking love that movie. And it's like, we want more of that. We have a a ton, (laughs) so many, too many rom-coms with (laughs) boring white people in them. We can have other more interesting stories that are still fun and cheesy and they don't have to be the most miraculous, most amazing thing ever. It's like, we can have... We can have a bare minimum. Like, just stuff. We can have people be in movies and that movie is allowed to be bad because I cannot count the amount of shitty action movies I have watched that are just fucking terrible. But all those actors still get to make more action movies. All those directors still get to make more action movies. Standard Allison rant, just because <laughs> something is led by women and still, like, fails, because this one, it, the movie itself wasn't particularly, um... Yeah, the movie I itself, the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and with its audience weren't super good. Yeah, but it's like, so many people just jump to the blame the women or blame that. It's like, no, fuck off. Like, some people might just not have liked it. Like, it doesn't mean that we should have less of this, and that happens a lot like 
for example, the Birds of Prey movie. It came out, it was just as successful as a bunch of other movies that came out that were male-led, but because it was female-led and female-directed, everybody was, like, shitting on it. They're like, it was a failure, it was all these things. It was like, no, actually, it was just as successful as many other movies, but you're just biased and shitty. Like, yeah, like, it's okay to... <laughs> I, I, right after Elsa and I watched it, I was just reading some other, like, uh, information on it, because I was trying to figure out shit about the director and the and the writers just to be like okay I want to like have some information in my back pocket while talking about it and some of the reviews talked about how the movie is like uh the script itself as we've established doesn't dive deep into any deep conversation but what movie that's gonna only have one of its like we don't know if there's gonna have be you more. seen Terminator have you yeah, seen Predator very, it starts have you out- seen any fucking action movie yeah, it starts out very bare minimum. Granted, John Wick gets more information because there's more movies for that series. But this was it. I I get that it reached like the bare minimum when it came to sort of like deep depth conversations between the female cast. I get that it it's, you know, maybe they could have done more. Like, I totally understand that there's all these ifs that they could have tried to do but also i don't know about you allison but i've become very comfortable being like i don't always have to think a movie is a plus no to enjoy i just want to have fun i know like, I, can... I got as much information out of this movie as i did out of the first john wick movie because <laughs> dude's wife dies somebody kills his puppy oh. he goes and kills people it's not a fucking deep movie like this isn't either and it doesn't have to be Like, one piece of media doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all of feminism or representation or whatever the fuck. Yeah. It just needs to do something and have fun doing it. Like like, Venom. Like Venom. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear how it got a Rotten Tomato score of 69 for the second Venom movie? And I just feel like that itself speaks volumes to the type of movie that Venom is. But yeah, it's like, we can have <sighs> mediocre movies and people can still enjoy them. Oh, like, like Jupiter Ascending. Like Jupiter Ascending. That movie was a, a dumpster fire of a movie. I watched it four times! I had no idea what was happening the whole movie. Does it mean that I think <laughs> that it needs to not be around or to not get a sequel or whatever? A bunch of people fucking loved it. Like... <laughs> And this movie had a lot of things that were really good. They like were the so librarians. Good. Like the librarians. Solely um, loved them. And Truly. like kind of on the topic of like just being an action movie, we get to watch action movie tropes done by women like a parkade car fight. That shit, I've seen it so many times in action movies. It was awesome. There was a girl driving. She didn't have her arms, so the little girl was driving in <laughs> Sam's lap. So, reason why she didn't awesome. have her arms, they were, like, uh, numb from some sort of drug. Yeah. Yeah. So, the little girl had to drive, and she had to use the pedals for the gas. It was great. <laughs> it's really funny. You have them taking, like, random unconventional weapons. So, you see these women fighting, not just with guns, but they have, like, chains and, know, like, a hammers bar. and, like, chucking whatever they have and you see them kind of using whatever they have uh, a pan- wherever a they suitcase. can a, a suitcase like you have them using these incredible like adaptable things to fight with you have a, 
a standard fighting while restrained. So she has lost the ability to use both of her arms. I have seen tons of fight scenes where some dude is is tied up or whatever. Like he can't fight with all of his limbs. And so they get to fight. I got to see a girl do that. That was awesome. It was excellent. The the scene <laughs> Allison's talking about is when they're in the weird den. den I'm gonna call dentist, it the dentist doctors, office. <laughs> whatever it, it is. It was so funny because earlier she's beating up the same three like stooges yeah. that she beat up in the uh, bowling alley scene. So they're hurt, like they're physically they're injured, <laughs> and of course, if Sam was at her best, they would have no goddamn chance. <laughs> So they're high off of laughing gas and convinced the dentist doctor dude to, to help them arms. out. So he numbs her arms. So they're literally pool noodles. And she's like fighting in this weird way, making it work. But she's not at her best fighting people who are very, very <laughs> shitty and fucked up yeah. and still kicks their ass. Yeah, so it's still fun to watch. We get classic outnumbered scene like multiple times when they are having to fight against astronomical odds and they end up succeeding we get badass slow motion walks we get super slow-mo action sequences where all the blood and guts are really slow Mm -hmm. and lena hetty gets to do the like the shotgun flip where it's like a, oh, it's yeah. like a flip shotgun, and she flips it, and she spins it around, and it's so it sexy, so and I'm cool. just like, <laughs> oh my god, really cool. I enjoyed it's it. It's so lot. hot. <laughs> I, oh, it's basically a copy of the um of a scene from I think it's Terminator Two. Okay, where Arnold Schwarzenegger does it while he's on a motorcycle, oh. and so it just like it's a little callback to another like super badass scene but it's a woman doing it and it's great and i love it (laughs) yeah the scene allison's talking about is like very much so near the end they're having like they all fight in the diner (laughs) and again all of these guys don't have guns but they do have other hidden weapons like knives axes hammers machete except for one dude he's called the nephew he snuck in a gun he did sneak in a gun um but uh, that was a really cool scene because it was a sort of kind of like it was always a neutral place, the diner. Um, and the mom of Sam's character ends up making a comment being like, sometimes you got to take a side. Yeah. And I think it was a nod to sort of like how the librarians, the people at the diner, like they're supposed to be neutral, but yeah. it doesn't ever seem to work out for the people that are being neutral. So it was kind of neat to see all these women dressed as like diner maids, just like kicking ass and taking names in like a very slow panoramic shot. So One dude good. got his eye stabbed because a lady slammed his head into a milkshake glass. Oh, it was so gross. It was so good, though. <laughs> it was though. so gross. One dude did get a stab at, um, what's her <sighs> Michelle Yeoh's character. Michelle Yeoh's character. They got a stab at her eye, which later she gets a really cool eye patch. She does it's get a cool eye cool. patch. <laughs> Um, but there's this, like, I don't know, there's a lot of really cool things about the movie, uh, in terms of just seeing these female characters do all these things that you wouldn't get to see as often, not to say that there aren't more cool movies coming out where there's a lot of women fighting, but it was really sort of neat just to see a mediocre movie have that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And well, a lot of the fighting I found was very, um, 
it was very well done because like it was clear that a lot of these men are stronger than them but they find different ways of like fighting back and sneaking around oh Oh, there's a whole hammer fight scene which is just like oh the the chills that it gives you just to think about how much that would hurt um and the funny thing about the library is that like all of the books have like shit hidden in them so you're seeing them like run through the library and they're pulling books off the shelves and they're finding random guns and like all sorts of knives and cool shit everywhere um and it's just this like super like so many epic fight scenes Mm -hmm. in all of these areas and this is a big spoiler I guess but there's an incredible scene with Madeline, the one played by Carla Gugino. She is protecting Emily in a van in like the basement <laughs> of the library. And she gets Emily to put on headphones so she doesn't have to hear. And then she fucking takes her hair out and it like falls down and then she like pops out of the top of the van with like a fucking machine gun. And I'm just like <laughs> Allison's jaw dropped <laughs> when we were watching. I was awestruck. It was incredible. <laughs> and she just starts fucking blowing them all the way. And it was just... Uh, and then you feel so bad because it's like she gets to play that other classic trope, which is giving your life to try and protect somebody. But then it's made extra sad because she fails. Yeah. Um, so she's trying to protect the little girl, and then the shitty nephew gets in there, and he shoots her, but she, like, does everything she can to fight him with off a with this... Tomahawk. With a fucking badass axe with, like, etching all over it. Oh, my God. It's such a good fight scene. It's so, like, well done and emotional, and it's mm-hmm. just that classic pull-your-heartstrings action movie moment, self-sacrifice. Yeah. I am a bitch for self-sacrifice moments in any action movie. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so well done. And just so many awesome moments where I was just, like, wanting to, like, cheer and get excited because it was just these, like, badass sequence after badass sequence that i get to see women do and it was so fun i know it was really nice like i'm trying to think if there's anything deep i could talk about (laughs) there really is there isn't i'm I'm gonna be honest there isn't anything i can deep dive into unless you just want me to talk about the fact that was it very did was it queer i don't know was it was it a hardcore feminist movie i don't know like there was a lot of things that they did that i just liked and yeah. I can project the things that I got from it and take a, take away from it. So to me, it felt like a queer movie. Yeah. To me, it felt like it was touching on notes of femininity and masculinity and how, even though in the firm, you know, it was a bunch of men versus women. The movie was men versus women. Yes. But none of the men treated the women like they were less than like they all were afraid of sam the three stooges like literally they needed three stooges to kick sam's ass and they couldn't and sam even talked about how like she has no problem fighting other women she didn't i thought it would have been cool because it kind of brought up that she's like i have no problems fighting women i'm like are we gonna have another woman that she has to fight against (sighs) didn't happen i don't (laughs) give a shit that's fine whatever but like 
I don't know. I just liked it. Yeah, it was campy. Is that the right word? Like when Sam goes the first time we see the library, Sam goes to get like basically her weapons are too. People recognize her weapons too much, so she has yeah. to go trade out her weapons. And she goes there, and they're handing her books like Jane Eyre and Pride and Prejudice, and, it's and just, a Jane Austen. <laughs> and it's just these funny little like yeah. quips, like female authors or like standard like female things like that. And like, there's one line where they're fighting in the library, and With the mom, the mom, Sam and Scarlet, her mom, are like hiding behind a desk. Some guy was like, yeah, like, we've got you outnumbered or, like, we've got an army. And Sam yells, well, I've got my mom. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) It's so cheesy and dumb, but I loved it. I know, it was kind of like... It was kind of... At first, when I heard it, I was like, what? <laughs> like, the delivery was kind of weird in a way. And I think that's only because of Sam's character, not because yeah. of, of Karen Gillan. I think Sam's just awkward and weird and yeah. emotionally distant. And that was the first time that she acknowledged her mom was there to help. Yeah. So it was kind of, like, weird and, and awkward in a way for the delivery, which was fine. Yeah. Well, it reminded me of the, like, the Loki where he's like, I've got an army. And it's like, well, we've got a Hulk. And it's oh, like, yeah. So yeah. it kind of, like, felt yeah, to me yeah, like yeah. a little throwback to that. And that was just freaking hilarious and so good. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> if if there's anything I could tell anyone for this movie, if you were unsure based off our weird rantings back and forth conversations about like uh, weird things happening, watch it if only for the dentist scene. It's the dentist fight scene. Yeah, that, like that's what I want everyone. I'd to watch, stick around personally. to the library scene because watching Michelle Yo just fuck guys up with a chain for a while is great and watching Angela Bassett fuck guys up with hammers oh, it was also so... excellent oh there's a scene where like, she like hammers a guy down at the back end of the what's the the part? claw end the claw end and it goes right into his jaw and you just hear his teeth make that oh. sound and Allison and I were just like ooh it's so bad cause like it, it's oh. a fun action movie like go in and just just have fun with it right like yeah if you like if you enjoy those kinds of action movies like it did give me very um like very john wick vibes like it was just it's a vehicle for fun fight scenes and fun action scenes and it doesn't have to be the next like (laughs) big in-depth movie that people are going to talk about in like university classes on like you know what I mean yeah. like just go in not having expectations yeah and you're really gonna enjoy it That's yeah what I have like, to say it's cute like at the end it's adorable because like we see all of these women very masculinely dressed while they are in a place where they are forced to fight against masculine superpowers yeah um who are all coming against them and they're kind of in a male dominated world whereas at the end where they're all getting away they're in this like pastel van they all have like frilly tops and they're all like they look like they're going on vacation they look like they're going on vacation (laughs) um it's like sunny and it's like i think maybe the first time we see daylight in the movie and it's this kind of like if you want to dig into it it's a moment of them getting to actually embrace their like 
their feminine side, their softer side, because they have they escaped from the male-dominated world. They are yeah. able to escape. They are able to just go and be happy. And it's this really, like, little beautiful, like, right off into the sunset scene. If you want to dig into it. If not, it's just cute. And it's bright and light and just visually speaking is different than the rest of the movie. Yeah. And it's a happy ending. Yeah. Which is great. <laughs> and it's quite nice. It's quite nice. Um, so, Allison, can I ask you, before we dive into finishing everything off, what was one thing from the movie that if anyone was to ask you right now that didn't listen to this podcast, hey, I'm thinking of watching Gunpowder and Milkshakes. Have you seen it? What's sort of like one thing you would say to someone wanting to know if you've seen the movie, but you don't want to give them spoilers? Okay. I just... If they're thinking about... If you're thinking about watching this movie... And you've made it this far without obviously wanting to watch the movie. (laughs) (laughs) If you like visual, like aesthetically pleasing action movies, like something like John Wick, it's that with a feminine spin. And that's, that's it. It's colorful. It's action packed, a little gory, uh, which is fake blood, lots of fake blood, so much fake blood, but yeah, like it's a very aesthetically interesting movie to watch Mm -hmm. whether you enjoy the story or not it's pretty (laughs) (laughs) what about you oh i think i would tell people that if you're not convinced to watch it but you really want to watch something that can be mindless but you can sort of like immerse yourself in and Uh, You're looking for something that's sort of, like, impressive in terms of, like, combat fight scenes. And I couldn't predict the ending of this movie because it was just going at so many different directions all the time with how things were. If you like that where you can't predict where a movie's going ahead of time and it keeps your interest, I would recommend this movie. Yeah. I thought it did a good job. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Uh, If you like Cars... Yes. Good car scene in that movie, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the one where the kid drives. It's very good. It's pretty good. And the thing that I like about the kind of resolution for the female characters in this movie is that the line in the diner where they're like, you have to pick a side. Yeah. That in a world as tumultuous as we're in right now, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where neutrality in cases of, like, violence and oppression, is... Harmful. Harmful. And so it's like, you do have to pick a side, and I think that finally, these women, these, like, these matriarchs, in seeing a girl that they had watched raise, and then in seeing an even younger girl that would probably, probably reminded them of a young Samantha, in danger, they realized that by staying out of the fight, they were letting more people get hurt. Yeah. And it was this, like, really... Probably the one moment of depth. <laughs> in the Probably probably one of the few moments of depth. I'll yeah. give it more than yeah. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's like... It, it was time for them to step up and 
it was excellent to see. And they had lost a friend. Yeah. Um, possibly a lover, question mark. Who's to say? We maybe again, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> um there was a little whisper that happened that made me feel like maybe Madeline and Florence uh were together. And I, you know, maybe Anna Mae, like Angela Bassett's character, kind of mm. seemed like they her Scarlet. and Scarlet. So, like, Lena Headey's character had maybe had a thing. It, it was it, nothing. It was all, like, subtext, kind of. It was, nothing like, was addressed, which yeah. is kind of nice. Which is fine. Because we didn't... I would have think I hate... I think I would have disliked it if at the forefront they were pushing, oh, these are queer characters. Yeah. Because... Sometimes it's nice to have someone's queerness not be their only character trait. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that a lot of times people can kind of hone in on that and can focus on that a little bit too much, especially in a movie where you are already going to be fighting against. And there's already going to be people dying. Yeah. But I just mean, like, as far as viewer wise goes Uh, in a movie like this, you're already going to be going against so much. I'm not saying that this means that you shouldn't put in like canonically queer characters in media. I'm not saying that at all. But sometimes it's easier to just have it be what it is which is a fun action movie like it doesn't need to be some like queer or feminist text it's just (laughs) it's just fun and there's ladies i know things (laughs) can have elements of tons of stuff without it having to be the only yeah main thing in the yeah and if you watch this like me and it's just a bunch of lesbian ants and (laughs) It's all one big happy family. Um, Then, hi, I agree. (laughs) If you watch it and you don't see that, cool. That's that's fine too. That's fine. That's fine. If you watch it, you're like, oh, cool, a found family. That's what I got. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. So uh, before we end off, we actually have some news. Yeah. Uh, I wish we could say we were making money. No, just just joking. We're doing this for fun. I'm joking. Um, Allison and I, mainly Allison, um, because she's the one that has all the files on her wonderful laptop, has been working towards getting everything on YouTube. Yay. So as of October 10th. 10th. Yeah, that's when they're all scheduled to start showing up. You, if you are... Uh, if you don't have a podcasty thingy, or if you're just at your desktop and you would prefer to listen through your desktop on YouTube, you can find us at Wenchbench Pod. Yeah. At YouTube, we're gonna have all of the episodes we have already released up there, and all future stuff will be going there. So that's another new place to find us. Yeah. Another way to comment. <laughs> We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. I mean, if it goes south, there's always a block feature, depending on how things go. But as always, you can find us wherever podcasts can be found. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. You can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and YouTube at WenchBenchPod. And if you would like to reach out, like maybe you have a movie suggestion. I'm yeah, just saying. Just saying. You can send us an email at wenchbenchpod at gmail.com. All of the art for the Wenchbench was designed by the wonderful Tessa Joyce Rican. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Wherevile. Thank you very much for listening. 
We'll talk to you soon. Bye. I don't know why I sound so sad. So sad. I'm sad we Goodbye. have to go. Goodbye. <laughs> My long lost friend. <laughs> I'm really hungry. Fine, just make your make your craft dinner. It's fine. I don't care. That's my comic, by the way. Well, move your fucking comics. God dang, man. What did you say? I said, God dang. No, you won't. Leave me alone. Are you recording? Yes, it's still recording. No. (laughs) My gosh.